if I can lose my job and I'll find another one. You know, I can lose my home and I'll find another one, but there is no God like the God that we serve. He truly is my everything. If he is your everything, why don't you just give him a praise right now real quick. I give um, honor to Pastor Rosalie, Pastor Angel. I know he's here somewhere. There he is in the back. Thank you, sir. Um, we, give past, we give honor to your pastor, Phil, in his absence. Can we just make some noise for the greatest pastor on Weatherfield Avenue? Right? That's, that's my friend. He, um, it's interesting because um, he's really good friends with my pastor. And for every time I've seen him, he's always the type of person who's super supportive. Um, he's never funny acting. He is always who he is, and I just, I love honoring men of God who are like that because I've seen so many men and women of God who become like divas and they're celebrities and they're just extra, and I can't, I don't have time for extra people, especially when you're trying to serve God. I don't got time for your celebrity and your fake fame. God is the only famous one, amen? And you all have an amazing, amazing, amazing leader, celebrated four years last week. Um, it takes, it takes a man with a vision of God who is connected to God to stay in the work of ministry. Pastoring is not easy. It is not, it is not easy because on top of his own things as a man and as a husband and as a father that he has to deal with, all of us have to deal with, he actually takes all of your burdens as well. And he brings them to the altar and he prays. And the things that break your heart breaks his heart. So we have to make sure that we're praying for our pastor, amen? That every time you pray, Pray for your pastor. And I'm not talking about that, Lord, bless Pastor Phil, pray. Pray for him. Call out all the members of his family. Ask God to bless his life, to keep him in good health. Amen? Because we want to see him live a long time, right? Because I don't know about anybody else, but God is not done with Hartford City Church. God is not done with Pastor Phil. You all have just scratched the surface. And what God is doing, because every time I come, it gets bigger and bigger. So I'm excited because... I can't wait till I get the invite five years from now when you're all in your own building. Yeah. Then when I come another three years after that and I have to choose between the North and the South campus. Yeah. Right, right? And then we're on the web and you are serving and you're doing, you're living it out to love all, serve all, and welcome all. I'm excited about that mission. I'm excited about the work that you all are doing. And I believe this morning that there is a word from the Lord from you all. So I'm a preacher. And I got nervous this week. Can I tell y'all the truth? I got nervous because I was like, God, what are you trying to say to Hartford City Church? And I didn't hear anything. I was nervous. I was like, God, don't have me go up here trying to make up stuff now. <laughs> you got to give me something. And I was praying and praying and praying. And I went to the coffee shop. And early in the morning, and God told me exactly what to say to you all. So I'm excited because I truly believe this is a word for and I want you to hear this for the church collectively, but it's also for you all individually. So when you hear this, I want you to listen to it as Hartford City Church, but I also want you to listen to it through your life. All right? We cool? All right. You don't have to say amen. I brought my wife with me. She's, she's my cheerleader. She got my back. All right? She got my back for real. All right. So let's, um, before we get into prayer, let's turn to the Bible to 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 10. I love coming here because y'all sing 
kind of music I listen to. So if I start, I get to finally just like lay this all out right here. Amen. Um, I also want to honor him in his, pa- in his absence, my pastor, Bishop uh, Desmond Marshall B. Monk, who today we're celebrating Founders Day, 24 years that he has been leading our church. And, you know, if you're not doing anything at 1 o'clock, come by 167 Barber Street. We're having a good time. We're just celebrating our founder and our leader. We started the party this morning at 8 o'clock, um, and we're going to continue on at 1 o'clock. And I thank him because he so graciously even released me to be here on his day. So I just shows you the heart of our leader that he would even allow me to, to be here to minister to you. So 1 Peter verse chapter 5, verse 10, everybody got it? You got it on your phones? Some of you are really spiritual. You had the whole Bible memorized. You can just call it from memory, right? I know there's a few of you in the room. So 1 Peter 5 and 10, number eight, now the King James today says, But the God of all grace, who hath called us into his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. I want to read that B clause again. After that, ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. Dear God, we thank you for this moment in time that you've allowed to happen. I pray that you would speak something today that would change our lives forever. Allow us to see you and not me. God, but I pray that you'll be with us. You said in your word where two or three would be gathered in your name that you would be there in the midst where we've met the prerequisite God. So now we expect you to be in the room with us. Speak to us. Speak to us. Speak to us. Somebody came here today desperately needing to hear from you. So, God, I pray that you would meet everyone, including myself, at the place of our need. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to preach today. It's going to be kind of weird, um, but I want to preach two words, okay? And matter of fact, it make it three words. And I want you to help me because I want you to, I, know, I don't know if you do a whole lot of talking to your neighbor here, but you're going to talk to your neighbor right now. So I want you to find somebody. I want you to look them in their face. Don't be scared. Hopefully they put a mint, a mint or something in their mouth before they got in your face. And I want you to look at them and I want you to say these three words. It already after. I'm preaching today from that topic. It already after. Um, the God that we serve is eternal. That's one of his attributes. And I found this definition, and I thought it really, it was really good. It sounded nice and preachy, so I decided to copy and paste it. It said, this means that God has always existed. And if you will, I'm, oh, I'm losing my mic here. If you will allow me to just pause there for a moment. The fact that God is eternal means that he was here before your problem. God was here before your issue. He was here before your mom and daddy had issues. So that means anything that you faced, and I'm already preaching, God was here before it. Next thing it says, his existence extends endlessly in the past and in the future. And it says, there was not a time when he did not exist. He never came into being, and he will never cease to exist. God will always be. God will always be. Friends will come and go. But God will always be God. Jobs will come and go, but God will always be God. You will have your booze someday and then be heartbroken the next month, but God will be God through it all. You have your family members who will act funny. Anybody got 
20 extra family members. You know, they like you this month. They're not talking to you next month. You don't even know why. There'll be 20 acting, but through it all, God will be God. God is eternal, right? Now, the Bible puts it like this. It says, before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you have formed the earth and the world from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. God dwells in eternity where there is no time. There's no past tense with God. There is no future tense with God. God just is. He just is. It doesn't make sense. This is not good English, but he always is. He's never used to. God doesn't say, I will. Every time he wills something, it happens then in eternity. When you pray to God and you ask him, God, to do something for you, he does it then in eternity. However, sometimes it takes time for us to reach to our miracle. But it's already done. Look at your neighbor and say, it's already done. The Bible says also in 1 Timothy 1 and 17, it says, Now to the king eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. When we use that word forever, the only one that's qualified to match to the word is God. When we use the word always, the only one qualified to use that word is God because he is eternal. Now, I know Whitney said, and I will always love you. We're not qualified to say always because we are finite creatures. God is the only one qualified to use that kind of language because he is eternal. However, while God is eternal, we are not. Wow, that's challenging. Hush, there's the room. (laughs) Big introduction for God. Then it was like, wait a minute, you got all excited. But we're not eternal. We are finite. We have beginning and we have end. We have a birth date and and we will have a death date, right? We have beginning and end. We are finite. So there causes then to be the first problem is how does an eternal God who dwells in eternity where there is no time deal with man who is finite? Well, I'd like to suggest to you that the eternal God of the universe created time and seasons to help handle the affairs of man. The Bible says like this in Genesis chapter one, verse 14, it says, then God said, let lights appear in the sky to separate the day from the night and let them be signs to mark the seasons, days and years. Let these lights in the sky shine down upon the earth. And that is what happened. God made two great lights, the larger one to govern the day, the smaller one to govern the night. He also made the stars. God set these lights in the sky to light the earth and to govern the day and night. Isn't God awesome? And to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. God gave us time and he gave us seasons to help govern our affairs. Right. But the question is, why? Why does he have to use time? Why does he use seasons? God uses time. If you're taking notes, it's a good note to write down is the eternal God of the universe uses times and seasons to facilitate the process of promise. I'll say it again. The eternal God of the universe uses time and seasons to facilitate the process of promise. Right. That sounds deep. You're like, well, ooh, let's figure out what it means. Let's break it down. Right. I just, you know, I like to put little things like that together to make y'all think I'm smart. <laughs> it's a preacher's trick, you know. We're going to break it down so we all can walk out of here with some new revelation about this. He uses time, he uses seasons because 
there is a promise that God has for us. Does anybody have a promise for God? And I hope to hear an amen from the whole room because the Bible is filled with promises from God. Every person here is operating under a promise from God. Here, however, is the challenge. There are some things that God has promised us today for tomorrow that if he gave it to us today, we would mess it up. The you of right here and right now can't handle the place that God has prepared for you in your destiny. The you of right now would be swallowed up by the thing that God promised you. So God has to insert time and seasons to prepare you for the promise that he has for you. Because God loves you so much that he wouldn't give you the million dollars now because you don't know how to budget $100. Okay? He has to make sure that you are faithful over a few things before he makes you ruler over many things. It's called season. It's called process, right? The Bible says it like this in Isaiah 46 and 10. It's one of my great favorite scriptures. It says, declaring the end from the beginning. And from ancient times, the things that are not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. I want to give you a secret. Everything that you're going to be, everything that you're going to have, everything that you're going to do has already been accomplished and it's already done. It's just waiting on you. I'll say it again. Everything that you are going to have, everything that you are going to do, Everything that you are going to be has already been accomplished, and it's just waiting on you. I get so excited about that. That means that my future, my destiny is secure. My future has nothing to do with my behavior. You can't even mess up God's plan because I'm going to mess with your theology, but even the mess up is part of the plan. What you labeled as a mistake, what you labeled as coming short, what you labeled as a failure was actually just a chapter in the book that was already written. I'm here to let you know, and the book's not over. It's just a comma. Look at your neighbor and say, it was just a comma. It's not a period. It's just a comma. Comma, we pause. That was just a pause. That means that baby out of wedlock. It was just a pause. The divorce was just a pause. The bankruptcy was just a pause. Some of us, that time you had to do in prison or jail was just a pause. It does not define who you are, but it is part of your story that is ultimately preparing you for what God has for you. Because your end was already declared from the beginning. And if you read the word, and if the word of God is true, he said here in that 46 and 10 Isaiah, my counsel shall stand. That means everything I've declared must come to pass. The reason why some of you have not lost your mind. The reason why some of you, even in this room as I speak, the suicide attempt did not work is because there is a declared end that has got to come to pass for you. The reason why the divorce didn't shut you and break you all the way down. The reason why it's some other people but not you. The reason why the drug addiction and the alcoholism didn't take you out is because you are living under a promise that was declared before you even got here. And there's nothing on earth. There's no situation, there's no circumstance that can throw you off of God's plan. Because he declared the end from the beginning. I'm so glad that God is not like us. Because if God was like me, you know what I would do? Because I'm funny acting, I'm sometimey. I'd wait to see how you act first before I vote you in. 
let me see. Let me see how she's going to do first. Let me, oh, you want to act, oh, oh, okay, well, let me change your desire. Let me change your destiny since you want to act funny. Oh, you don't want to come to church? You don't want to be faithful? Well, let me change your destiny because that's what we would do. But God says, I declared it from the beginning. And I'm not ashamed. I'm not embarrassed. Everything he's spoken over all of you, he stands by it. That's amazing. Sometimes we don't even stand by our own self. We don't like the person we see in the mirror. And God says, I still stand by you. Because my end, I've already declared your end. I've declared your end. And I'll use timing, seasons, and I'm getting back to my word, to get you to where I'm trying to get you to. So, uh, and I wrote this down. And once again, I want to read it. It says, the omniscient, eternal God has declared your destiny and intimately knows that the you of right here and right now couldn't survive in the very then of your destiny. So he must insert something between here and there to prepare and process you for your promise. Daniel 2 and 21 says he changeth the times and the seasons. He removes kings. He setteth up kings. He giveth wisdom unto the wise and knowledge to them that know understanding. It is through this understanding that life is basically a series of befores and afters. God has to bring you through your before to get you to your after. He has to bring you through seasons to prepare you for the next season. And this is why I came here to tell you is that what you're going through right now as a church, what you're going through individually is not arbitrary. It's not punishment, but it's part of the plan. God had to bring you through this season to prepare you for what's next. Here's the truth of the matter. He had to allow some things and some people in our lives to fail so that we wouldn't make an idol to them. He had to literally break your heart so that you would understand that the lover of your soul's name is Jesus and not Pookie. Right? Because we all get caught up and we tend to make gods out of our jobs, out of our wives, our husbands, our significant others, our giftings, our talents, and all that. God loves you enough to allow it to utterly fail so that you can see that it's only him. Because where you're going, watch this, where you're going, your boyfriend, your girlfriend can't sustain you. Where you're going, your job can't sustain you. Where you're going, your gifting can't sustain you. But where you're going, it's going to take a trust in God. And sometimes the only way, and this is the hard part of this message, the only way you learn how to trust God is through trouble. The only way you learn how to trust God is when you go through the storm. When everything's fine and going well and you're making enough money to pay your bills and you got enough love in your life and you have enough resources, it's really hard to trust on God. But God will allow some of those things to be stripped away to give, to take away the temporary so they can be replaced with the permanent, which is him. That's why it hurts now, because it's literally killing you. It is killing you. He's killing off the part of you that can't live where you're going. He's killing the part of you that can't live in your destiny. Some of you all have some thoughts. Some of us, I'll speak to myself too, we have some thoughts and some ideas that can't live in our destiny. Where I'm going, I can't look in the mirror and not like the person I see. Where I'm going, I can't have self-confidence, low self-confidence. You see what I'm saying? Where I'm going, I need to pray. Where I'm going, I need to depend wholly on God. So what God does, I love you so much because I know you're not ready yet. I got to put you through a few seasons and through time 
to prepare you for where you're going. Is anybody else in the room going somewhere? I'm trying to tell you, that's why you've had to cry. That's why you had to have your heart broken. That's the why things don't make sense. Can we be honest? It's just us as this family. We even look sometimes at the church, and it, sometimes it just doesn't make sense. We're doing all the right things, but where are the results? We're doing all the work. We're following the manual. We're fighting the, following the guidebook. We had our 10-year plan, and we're, wa- we're following it to a T, but God says, the plan is not God. I'm God. So this is what God will do, Pastor Angel. He'll cause the plan to not work because he doesn't want you to make a God out of the plan. And while you're in the corner crying about the plan that's broken, God says, I'm still here. I'm the God behind the plan. Your plan said you would have 100 people at this. With me, I wanted you to have 250. He'll cause the plans to fail. How many people here had a five or ten year plan that failed? Could it be that that was the wrong plan? And God says, I'll let it fall because I don't want you to get caught up on the wrong path. I have a path for you. And that's the reason why we've been going through church. That's why you've been going through your private individual things. Stuff that you don't tell anybody. Because you have the stuff that you go through that you tell your girlfriends about. Then you got the stuff that you don't tell them about. Because you're still a little unsure. You're unsure. You feel uncomfortable with the idea of questioning God, are you really there? And God says, I'm comfortable with that because I know who I am. And I'm going to be right there the whole time. Because he's preparing you for something that's coming. Now, there's before and afters. Each season has rules you have to follow. Right? So it's coming about that time of year, coming about January. I look into the mirror, and I say, I want to be sexy by summer. (laughs) So I embark on a process, watch this, to get me to my desired end. And in that process of before, there's some rules I got to follow. So if I want to get to where I want to be by summer, that means there's some things I can't do in before, or it will mess up my after. My behavior in the before season will impact how long I'm in the before season. So I'll break it down to my sexy by summer plan. If I keep buying honey buns, (laughs) right, honey buns and fruit punch, every time I drive past a 7-Eleven, my before season is going to be elongated. It's going to get a lot longer than I thought. If I just have to get a double whopper with cheese and onion rings and a triple XL uh, Coke every time I drive past a Burger King. My behavior in the before doesn't match up my expectation for my after, and therefore I will stay in the before season longer than what was anticipated. I'm preaching already. I'm preaching. That was a good one right there. Some of y'all are stuck in your before because you won't change your behavior to align with your expectation of your after. You say it with your mouth, but you don't really believe it. Oh, I'm going to be a business owner one day. Really? Have you created your business plan? Um, I'm waiting to hear from God. (laughs) Okay. You know, have you started your business? Have you uh, registered your name? No, not yet. Okay, well, you'll be stuck in before then until you act on what you expect, right? We've got to change our behavior and base it, watch, it's not about where we are, but where we're trying to go. 
That's the reason why the season has been as long as it's been, because there hasn't been an appropriate behavior change that matches your professed expectations. I know that's hard to hear. I'm a guest preacher. I'm like, why y'all in my, why y'all in my business, you know? <laughs> y'all don't, you don't know me, you know? But, th- you know, we say we want Harvest City Church to be big. We want to have a thousand members. We want a big edifice. But does your behavior in the before align with your expectation of what you say you want in the after? Because I can tell you this. Once you align your behavior appropriately, what will happen is your after will explode. The Bible says it like this in Zephaniah 10 and 1, one of my favorite scriptures as well. It says, ask ye of the Lord in the time of rain. Ask ye the Lord rain in the time of the latter rain. For the Lord shall make bright clouds and give them showers of rain to everyone in the field. That sounds like a riddle. After rain and the time of rain, it doesn't even make sense. What's he saying there? I have to align my expectation and my behavior with my knowledge of where I am and based on where I want to go. So if I ask for rain in the appropriate time, God will answer with rain. But here's where we'll miss it because so much gets lost in translation. That word rain is in this verse three times. One English word. It's three different Hebrew words. The first rain talks about ask for a regular sprinkle. In the time of showers, that's the second rain. And this says, when it says, and he will give them showers of rain, that rain is actually properly translated as a deluge or a flood. You're not excited because I'm going to help you understand. That means that when I align my behavior and my expectations, I'll ask for a sprinkling of rain and God will answer with the flood. When I align my behavior in the before season, God will expand and explode my after season. So while we're talking about, this is how it sounds, Lord, we want to have 100 new souls at Harper City Church in 2020. And when we align our behavior and our expectations, God says, I'll answer it with a thousand. Because God always multiplies. God is a God of surplus. Now, I want to get back to my word so I can sit down because y'all looking at me. I must be preaching longer than usual. But can I tell you, when you align it, you'll ask for rain and God will answer with the flood. I'm telling you, that's a prophetic word you need to put over your whole life. If, I'm in, if I align my behavior, my expectation, God will always multiply the answer of what I'm asking for. All right? So now, it is through this I want to look at the text and we're going to sit down. The Bible says, and the God of all grace, which has called you unto eternal glory. Now, as somebody who studies the Bible, I get a problem with that because grace and glory really shouldn't go together. My need for grace should cancel my access into God's glory. But can I tell you this? Is that, and I wrote this down because I think this is something he wanted me to tell you all. Uh, Let me get to it so I can read it. He says, Where you are going cannot be canceled by where you have been. God says, I have glory for you, and I have grace to get you there. You're not qualified for it. You're not faithful enough for it. You haven't been good enough for it. But God said, just because I chose you, where you're going cannot be canceled by where you've been and what you've done. God of all grace is calling us to this level of glory. But in order to get there, I got to put you through this season. And the text says, after you have suffered a while. And I'm speaking because there's somebody that's right there in the suffering a while. 
And you don't know why. Because, and I want to give you the answer. Because it says, after you have suffered a while, it says, and I want to read it so I can get it right. It says, after that you have suffered a while, he'll make you perfect. Now, you have to study the word that says, after you have suffered a while. That word while, which blew my mind, actually means a short time. But that's not the perspective in before. When you're in it, it seems long. But when you're in your after, you look back and you go, wow, it really wasn't as bad as I thought it was. He says, after you have suffered a while, then I am going to strengthen you. He says, the word is, I'm going to make you perfect. The word for making perfect is the same word. He says, I'm going to perfect you perfectly. I'm going to complete you completely. That what's coming after this season, after before, when you get to your after, is that you will be whole again. There's some believers that have never felt whole before. I'm prophesying to everyone in this room, you will experience wholeness. God sent me here to tell you that he, with wholeness, he's going to make you whole. With completeness, he's going to make you complete. He is going to perfect you with perfection. He had to use the word twice to get the point across. I love the Bible for stuff like that because you wouldn't know because we mess it up when we go translate into English. It's the same word twice, make and perfect. Then it goes on to say that he will establish you. Some of us have been wondering, and it feels like we're just, we don't have, we, you know, it seems like you're just kind of wandering from place to place. You can't get uh, your, your, your footing. Has anybody just felt like you're just wandering? You don't really have a home. You don't really fit in anywhere. And it just seems like you just can't find your place. Well, God says the season of after for you means I'm ready to establish and plant you. I'm ready to establish and ground you now because your days of wandering are over. It goes on to also say that he will strengthen you, that he is going to now, all those days that you felt weak and you kept coming to church, you put a fake smile on your face and you served and inside you felt weak. You act like you had strength. You were strength for other people when you didn't know how you were going to make it. God says, now I have strength coming to you. And settle to lay the foundation. All these things are in the season called after for you. But here's the thing. I have to go back to my title. It's already after. So this word is not a declaration of what will be. This declaration is a word of what is right now. You are already in your after. Here's the reason why you don't know it. At 12.01 last night, it was October 13th. But October 13th did not look or feel different than October 12th. But the date had changed. I'm declaring unto you, even though it doesn't feel different, it is different. It is a new day. The clock has already gone over. You are already in a new season. On September 21st, it officially becomes fall. But September 21st felt a lot like summer. But it doesn't matter what it feels like or what it looks like because you are not walking by faith. You're not walking by sight, but you're walking by faith. And you have to look at what you're facing and say, the preacher told me on Sunday that I'm already in my after, so you don't affect me the same way anymore. I don't have to cry that tear again because I'm in my after season. The way that used to hurt me last season, it can't hurt me the same way. 
The way my family broke my heart in the last season won't work again this time because I'm already in a new season. I don't feel anything different, but I'm here to let you know too many church people operate on what you feel. You need to operate on what you know and what you declare. And I declare as a man of God in this house with all authority that you are already in your after. It's already after right now. That means now you have a right to expect to be settled, to be strengthened, to be made whole, to be restored, to be healed, to literally, one of the, one of the translation means to bring you to your best self. Is anybody ready to walk in your best self? Is anybody ready to operate from a place of wholeness and not brokenness? Is anybody ready to live in a place of more than enough instead of not enough? Well, I, I dare you, I double dog dare you to stand to your feet and just say it's already after right now. Now, if you believe it, give God a praise to put upon that declaration. It's already after right now. Harper City Church, you are already in your building right now. You already have to have two or three services on Sunday right now. You already have to have an overflow for all the people who can't take to church right now. You are already feeding thousands of people in Hartford right now because it is prophetically declared that it has already turned the corner. You've already turned the corner. You've been through the worst of it. And because you've survived, God says, now I can trust you with the promise because you live through the season. You live through the time. You live through the process. Now I can trust you with the promise. Can we give God praise because it's already after?